Everybody, Tyler Smith here. More than one lesson, Minisode thirty-three, continuing down our list of uh, the best pictures. We're talking to, uh, this week about the best picture for two thousand ten, which is Tom Hooper's The King's Speech. Uh, but before we continue, I will welcome in my my favorite co-host of More Than One Lesson, Josh Long. Josh. Good day. Good day to you, sir. Congratulations. You have beaten out uh, the various guest hosts that we've oh, had. All right. So take that, guest hosts. Man, I feel like I might have burned a bridge there. You know what? Yep. You're not that nope. you're not really that nope. great. Too late. Oh man. It's out there in the airwaves. Sorry, Robert. Um so okay. Uh nothing really at the top of the show, partially because we're recording this a solid two weeks in advance. Uh so there might be all kinds of news uh that I Feel like I should cover that at the time when this happens. I feel like, oh, I should have covered that. But yeah. you know what? It's too late now. Because this is going to be before the invasion of crab people. Of, of the crab people. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about South Park before we started recording everybody, and uh, that crab people episode is solid. You will not know, by the way, that it is a crab people episode uh, until uh, the last act of the, of the of the show. Well, now I know because you gave it away for me. I know, but you know what? It. This is one of those things where the tw- knowing the twist does not spoil the twist <laughs> at all. So, okay, let's just uh, jump right into it. Uh, the King's Speech, directed by Tom Hooper. Now we've done an episode about the King's Speech. It's actually maybe the f- is it the first episode that you ever recorded as co-host i think it was up there i think it was up there um but yeah uh so we've talked about it at length uh so i don't want to repeat myself too much here obviously we're going to repeat some things Mm -hmm. um but as we talk about the best of pictures uh certainly we're going to talk about the film and its pluses minuses but we're also going to talk about it uh in the context of it winning best picture uh which is something i feel like we didn't do a lot of in that episode so uh, the story of the King's Speech is uh, King George the uh, Second, I believe. Because um, oh, George the Third was the one during. Oh no, the that's right. The sixth, George the, the sixth. sixth pardon I think, me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I was thinking. Sorry, I was thinking of the Queen, Queen Elizabeth the Second. Ah. Uh, so the King's Speech um, is about uh, George the Sixth, who became king when his brother abdicated the throne uh, mm-hmm. during like right before world war two. Yeah. And it turns out uh, George the sixth uh, had a stutter, a pretty major stutter and did not want to be King mm-hmm. because among other things, he would have to make speeches that he was not able, literally not able to make. And so it's just about him, you know, becoming King having to as much as he can overcome his, his fears, uh, with the help of a, uh, of a speech coach. 
uh, named Lionel Logue. Now, uh, King George is played by uh, Colin Firth. Lionel Logue is played by Jeffrey Rush. And um, I don't remember the name of uh, Helen Bonham Carter's character, but uh, the the King's wife is Mrs. played King. Mrs. King is played by uh, by Helen Bonham Carter. Um, <laughs> For some reason, I feel like a character named Mrs. King would talk like uh, Terry Jones from the Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. King, Mrs. King, we got to get in and, and you know fix your pipes. Wow! <laughs> no one's getting in to fix the pipes today. <laughs> She'd sound like that. That's about right. That was fun. Uh, so, okay. King's Speech. Josh, what did you think? Um, I feel like this is the way the other episode started, <laughs> which might be, but I don't remember at all what I said, so I'll, I'll try not to repeat myself, but no promises. <laughs> okay. Um, I, uh, it, it's a movie that I think is good. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think it's even it's even one that I'm I can see a best picture nomination, mm-hmm. but I'm not I'm not sure about it as a win. Yeah, um, I think it's a movie that has some some good acting in it. I think, uh, excuse me, I like I like I think Colin Firth gives a great performance, and I I like a lot of the choices that he makes with that character. Um, there are a lot of easy sort of wrong roads you can go down with that character uh you could have the and and um it's difficult to hit that stutter in a in a realistic way yeah um and something that we can believe and you know he's he clearly has worked on this knows what he's doing um the actor i mean so uh so i like that about it a lot um i like jeffrey wright uh, jeffrey wright jeffrey rush in it um, but I don't know that I love his performance. I don't know. I, I feel like I kind of love it. Do you really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I feel like he's good, but it doesn't necessarily stand out to me P- partially because one, I'm thinking of that scene that I really don't like where they're in, is it Westminster Abbey? And he makes him sit on the, th- or he yes. sits on the throne Yes, I don't like that scene, but I don't like it from a screenwriting standpoint. Yeah, the, it's the script that's the problem. Um, but I don't know. Um, I do. I do. There's one scene I do like a lot where uh, the, the scene when his Jeffrey Rush's character's wife, Mrs. Logue, uh, first, I guess, realizes that it's the king that he's been mm-hmm. uh, tutoring. Uh, there was a very a nice moment where she kind of gets to see what he's what he's been up to, and that he's yeah. he's maybe been more than she thought. Oddly enough, I'm not thrilled with that scene. I really? think it's just it all seems overly silly um, in that moment. Silly that they would be there in the first place. No, just that like that like he wants to like that like when she walks in, Lionel wants to hide from his wife. Uh, or something like that, because he's afraid of what she'll find out, and it winds up like, why are you hiding? It just, it doesn't it, tonally, it doesn't seem correct. Now, when the 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 king eventually, you know, steps out and and 
and Lionel's wife realizes what's happening. That's a nice moment, but yeah. everything preceding it, like this weird, vaguely farcical <laughs> element, I, I just I didn't really care for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the thing is so um, I, I really. I agree. I think Colin Firth is doing great work. He won Best Actor and more power to him. I, I'm fine with that. He makes great choices. Like you're, you're absolutely right. Every step of the way, it would have been possible to soft pedal the genuine awkwardness. Hmm. Like I feel like there's – this is something that I've never really been able to put into words when it comes to certain types of movies. Um, there's the kind of pain, sadness, and anger that we can watch in movies that we're actually surprisingly okay with, that it doesn't make us uncomfortable. In fact, we kind of revel in it because maybe we know that we're watching acting. We know that we like, it feels somehow safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually it's stuff that's a little bit more stylized and, and we're able to distance ourselves from that. Whereas there are you know, movies like say the works of uh, Mike Lee or Robert Altman or John Cassavetes, which maybe deals with the same types of emotions that maybe other, uh, several other movies do, but they deal with it in a way that's just like, I cannot deal with this emotionally. Mm. I feel like I'm watching. I feel like I'm there. It feels very realistic. Now, everything about the King's speech, it's a period film. It's, you know, we're dealing with, you know, royalty. And so, so little of it is relatable to me. Yeah. Um, that it would have been very easy to just, you know, make everything seem very safe. And like, we're watching it from a distance. Like, ah, I sure hope he gets over his, uh, his stutter. But no, every time he goes into a stutter, this is a function of the writing, the directing, and the acting. I think especially the acting. Like every time he goes into a stutter, it is so uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, I feel for him in that. I don't merely feel for him. I feel like I am him in that moment. And it's just, it just kills me. Mm. So I love that performance. Um, and then, uh, and I really like uh, Jeffrey Rush partially because he does seem like a genuine teacher. Hmm. Um, and it reminded me a lot of a movie called The Madness of King George. Did you ever see that? Yes. Mm-hmm. With uh, in which uh, uh, King George, in this case the third, um, played by uh, Nigel Hawthorne, is just going a little insane, and <laughs> uh, and Ian Holm plays his his. I don't think they used the term psychiatrist at the time, but his doctor, <laughs> his handler and, and knowing, you know, Jeffrey Rush as an actor has to understand like my character, you know, my character knows who he's dealing with. He's dealing with the King of England, but he is also dealing with a patient. And if I see him as the King of England and let that dictate how I treat him, then I'm not going to treat him mm-hmm. like it's not going to work. And so like, it's kind of a, a balancing act in, in Jeffrey Rush's performance. And I think it comes through. Um, I like it a lot. And then I think Helena Bonham Carter, we're so used to seeing her in certain types of roles. <laughs> uh, that is stringy, gangly, unkempt, Tim Burton, Tim Burton. Uh, but then she also shows up in the Harry Potter films and yeah. the same type of role. Um, but, uh, but she's wonderful in this. I really – in this, she's like a, a, a source of strength and mm-hmm. integrity and, and, and just a really a well-put-together uh, character. So those are the things that I like. And I'd say by and large, I like the screenplay for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the most part, really good dialogue. Uh, it is written by a guy who I believe used to have a stutter problem, which may yeah. explain why he, some of those scenes feel – very emotionally 
real mm-hmm. and probable. Um, and so I like the, I like mostly how it is written every once in a while. I like that scene, uh, on the, on the throne or on the chair or whatever yeah. that, you know, I know I'll be repeating myself here, but like little things like, uh, like Jeffrey Rush is, is kind of poking and prodding Colin Firth, trying to get him to trying to get a rise out of him. And so, um, one of the things he says in the midst of, of the anger, he says, why should I listen to you? And Colin Firth says, because I have a voice. And then Jeffrey Rush very sympathetically says, yes, you do. Uh, emotionally, I like that. Uh, dialogue wise, no one would ever say that ever. No one would ever say, because I have a voice. That's a, especially that character that w- yeah. as he has been written previously. Yeah. It seems so. like it's written for a movie trailer and not for an actual boy and it, to say and it's all over that trailer and it so is. yeah and there's another there's another moment that i that similarly feels false to me that i hate where uh right before uh birdie the king goes to give his final speech he's doing this thing where he's warming up to go into it where he's it's as if he's giving us a clip show of all of the the uh different things he's tried to do to mm-hmm. make his voice better throughout the throughout the movie yeah um, and it's like no one would actually go and do every one of those different things that has helped you. It, it, it's, it's, it's like they're recapping for the viewer. Like, remember this? Remember when he did this? Well, and what I like more is what they do during the, the momentous speech where Jeffrey right. Rush is right there. And with each word, like each word requires a different technique yeah and, and that's a better when he's doing the actual speech i think that that lands the the thing leading up to it that little scene yeah. i don't like yeah um yeah so it's just you know i i think as a director i think i mostly do i like tom hooper that's a good question he he was a, a big creative force behind john adams the miniseries which i liked mm-hmm. he made a movie called the damned united which i liked i have not seen uh that. From a directorial standpoint, I think King's Speech is, is good. Uh, he made Les Miserables, which I he makes some choices I don't like that much in that, but some people do. I, I do like a lot of the choices that he makes in Les Miserables, so that's, I don't know, that's interesting to me that that one I feel like he's actually trying to do something with it, whereas he's trying to do something. I just don't think I like what he's trying yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it worked for me, but in, in King's Speech, it doesn't even really feel like he's trying to do anything. It it feels like as long as the camera can see what's happening, yeah. we're fine. It's it's very much directed like it's a like for TV. Well, and and there are times when like the characters will be framed in kind of an odd way, but for no particular reason. And, and yeah. I, I I don't like to say that. I don't like to say, oh, this happened, but not for any reason. Because I try to examine myself and be like, okay, is it just that I'm not seeing the reason? Mm-hmm. But in the case of King's Speech, like I. I'm a big fan of like the use of negative space in a shot, like one character and he, maybe he's off to the side or he's kind of in a corner and the rest of what you see is just a wall or something like that. I'm a big fan of that. I think it can, it can show isolation. It can show any number of things. And sometimes the camera does that other times it'll do that when the character is specifically not feeling that way. And it just seems like, Oh, uh, well this is kind of a, bland scene so we'll shoot it like this and maybe that'll give it some visual life and it just it just doesn't just didn't really land with me yeah uh for the most part so uh king's speech is it it won uh four oscars it won best picture 
director, actor, and screenplay. I'm fine with lead actor. That's that's great. I'm even, you know what? If I'm feeling generous, I'm even fine with screenplay. Um, uh, original screenplay. Because, partially because of all the things that it doesn't do. It does do a few things I'm not thrilled with, but it manages to subvert certain things. One of the big things that I do like about the movie is that by the end of the film, he's not quote unquote fixed. Right. He, it's still a huge struggle. The, his arc is that he just has hope. Yeah. But that's, but that's it. I say that's it as though it's a small thing. It is, it's a big thing, but like, you know, it it could have been that, Hey, everything's, he gives the speech perfectly and he never deals with this again. He yeah. finds his confidence. No, it's, it reminds me, I've told this story on both podcasts. I'm sure the best I've seen, uh, on stage, I've seen Charles Dickens, a Christmas Carol a few times. And the best one I saw involved when Scrooge makes his big transformation. And at the end, he's talking to the little street urchin or whatever. And there comes a moment when the, the street urchin says something, it like asks a question that's like, it's obvious. Like the answer is obvious. And you see the actor start, uh, you see Scrooge start to get mad. And then he like stops himself and then responds in a polite way. And I love that because it shows that like, yes, transformation requires work. It's like it may be there might be a big epiphany, there might be a big aha moment, but when it comes right down to it, the the day to day nitty gritty still is going to require work, um, and that's what I like about the King's Speech is that we see the work and then we see a bit of triumph, but it's not we know it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Um. So I really like that, and I feel like that's a that's a screen that's a, a screenwriter's choice. Um. I don't remember what the other original screenplay nominations were that year well i can probably scroll down here and take a look probably well here we go okay you got your king speech okay you got your another year by uh mike lee Mm -hmm. you got your inception Mm -hmm. you got your kids are all right you got you're the fighter hmm that's not a real strong not real strong for original screenplay the fighter is a good script and and i never saw another year I love Mike Lee's films, but nominating his films for screenplay is always uh, an odd thing because so much of it is improvised. In fact, well, almost all of it is. Yeah, well, I get the feeling that a lot, not as much, but a lot of the David O. Russell stuff is. For, uh, yeah, that's is true. Impro- improvisational yeah. as well. And then Inception, the weakest part of that film is its script, and The Kids <laughs> Are All Right is a movie that I hate. Yeah. So uh, the best part of that film is the acting which elevates the script, but that is a deeply flawed script. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think I'll use that to transition us into uh, best picture because original screenplay, not the strongest field best picture, really strong field. Mm. Okay. 127 hours. Didn't see it. Danny Boyle. It's a, it's a really great movie in a lot of ways. Black Swan, which was my favorite movie of that year. I liked Black Swan. I think it's a really great movie. The Fighter, I love. I think it's a great movie. Inception, I don't love it. Uh, People are harder on Inception than I feel like they need to be because it is a little, it is a little convoluted. Um, Oddly enough, I wish it were more convoluted. I (laughs) feel like it's surprisingly simple. Um, And and maybe that's the problem that maybe it hit this weird uh, Mm -hmm. middle point between being. Uh, super complex and 
being just complex enough to bother some people. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I, I feel like there's a lot of things that are working really well in that movie. There's some awesome sequences. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff that movie's doing right. So I feel like people are too hard on it. I feel like it suffers with character and with screenwriting. Jonathan, uh, sorry, Christopher Nolan is at his best when he is not writing. Hmm. Uh, kids are all right. Was, uh, nominated the social network, which we'll get to in a moment. Hmm. Toy story three, true grit and winter's bone. That is a really great, like, there are, like, three or four great movies in there. Yeah. That's uh, and several that I think are way better than The King's Speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you want to talk about, I, sorry, this was the last episode that I think we were talking about this, uh, movies that people will remember. Yeah. I don't think people are going to remember King's Speech uh, in years to come. Um, Probably not I so much. I do think people will remember the social network. I think they will remember true grit. Um, they might remember toy story three. Yeah. Maybe even black Swan. Like I think all of those are movies that are made by more notable filmmakers. Certainly. Yeah. I feel like true grit will be remembered specifically as a function of the Coens. Yeah. Um, but social network is the one that gets me like that. That surprises me that that was not the winner. Yeah. Um, mainly because I, I, I don't know. It was one that, seemed to resonate so much with people and was uh just seemed very epochal i guess that it would seemed to fit so much with our time you know like yeah. i feel like it was something that was relevant had very specific uh challenging things to say about the world that we live in right now yeah and that i think even though it's specific to those things has wider reaching yeah challenges that i think will make it a movie that people remember like you say down the road so that 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 seems like a best picture win. that seems like a best picture worthy type movie to and me. it certainly seems like a best director worthy yeah uh that's the thing a lot of people thought at the time that king's speech would win picture and David Fincher would would win director mm-hmm. but then when director went to Tom Hooper uh, a lot of people including me we're just like I don't I, I just don't understand I don't see it and it's yeah. uh, you know in 1980 uh, you know I'm a big fan of ordinary people I think it is a great movie wonderfully acted very well written uh, directed in a way that it's just kind of whatever um but everyone was all about raging, you know, the, in, in retrospect, film people that I know are, were all about raging bull, mm. um, for picture and director, which, uh, neither of which it won. Um, 1990, 10 years later, Scorsese again, uh, nominated for Goodfellas for picture director amongst other things, lost out to dances with wolves and like, but invariably, Raging Bull and Goodfellas are the movies that are talked about now. And I think Social Network, like you said, is the one that will be talked about. And I think David Fincher is a director that I don't always respond to positively. Um, though I do think he has directed at least one masterpiece, which is Zodiac. Mm-hmm. But um, but he is an important director and one that you're absolutely right, is very of our time. Yeah. And, and, and this, this, is, this is the movie. Zodiac got my attention because I was kind of ready to write him off as a director. Yeah. Then Zodiac comes along. It's like, what happened? Hmm. Where did this guy come from? And then comes, uh, you know, I didn't see curious case of Benjamin button. I didn't either. Um, 
but uh, but he did that in between uh, Zodiac and, and Social Network. And then he did uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which there are things about it I like. From a directorial standpoint, I think I like it quite a bit. But, uh, but yeah, so I feel like both the film and the director – will be no, will be remembered long after yeah. uh King's Speech and Tom Hooper are forgotten. And it was one of those I, I feel like maybe I've said I've said this before somewhere, maybe it was one I wrote about them or maybe it was on the show somewhere, but uh, there was something about the combination of David Fincher with that story that feels like it shouldn't work and yet works so well. Yeah. You bring these two things together and all the worst aspects of David Fincher are flowered up a little bit mm-hmm. and all the flowery, ridiculous, uh, self and one could say self-indulgent or self-congratulatory aspects of a, of an Aaron Sorkin script mm-hmm. gets muted. Yeah. And so you wind up with this thing. It's just like, wow, it's, it's, it's like somehow that he took this script that could just be all over the place, uh, and, and like focused it, you know? Yeah. It's like all, all that, yeah, all that writing, all that yeah, like you say, flowery writing or or, or almost almost over overwritten writing, um, is is just I don't know focused in this way that it all it, it all hits with such severity. I think yeah, and there's something really really good about that. And then just the look of it, like he has a Fincher is is one who has a he knows what he wants in terms yeah. of a look, and it's. It's consistent and is is able to add this kind of darkness to the story that seems like that again feels like it shouldn't be there. Yeah, it's about kids who started a big company together, and you know it caused arguments between them yeah. and rifts. And what did they create? They created Facebook, something that is just that a lot of us use. And it's just this, it's, it's like a fun little internet toy. Right. Now, admittedly, I've made a number of like contacts through Facebook and that's been a lot of fun, but for mm-hmm. the most part, it's just like, Hey, here's a neat link. Like yeah. something so certainly, uh, uh, something big in our, in most people's everyday lives, but, uh, still something fairly innocuous in the grand scheme. It's not like we're talking about Oppenheimer or something yeah. like that. You know, well, it's like when, when I heard about this movie, I thought, so David Fincher is making a movie about Facebook with Justin Timberlake in it. And yeah. it's written by Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. That sounds like a Mad Lib, doesn't it? <laughs> it it does just seem like some kind of money grab. Like it doesn't, it ju- doesn't it just sound like some executive is like, hey, this Facebook thing is uh, really uh, big. Can we make a movie of that? Let's and, put uh, that uh, Justin Timberlake kid in it. Yeah. My daughter really likes him. Um, and just like, it's like, oh, my son really likes Fight Club. Who made Fight Club? You know, <laughs> it, it just, it's, it seems like this weird thing. But yeah, it's uh, like all the elements are there and Fincher pulls it all together in one uniform story. And, and Social Network's not a perfect film. Very few movies yeah. are perfect, but it's, but it's just so memorable and it's remarkably rewatchable. Yeah. Um, and uh, and admittedly, I do own King's Speech and Social Network. Uh, King's Speech is also fairly rewatchable because there's a lot of you know the character the characters are good and the acting is good and I enjoy watching and it's and it's just a good story as well uh, and an, an inspiring one. So um, so there is that, but um, but undoubtedly, I think Social Network is the. Do I think Social Network is the best movie of that year? I liked Black Swan more. That was my favorite movie of 2010. But um, 
Social Network is at least one of the best movies of the year. And certainly of those, I think, deserve to win Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, so now the question is, um, do you – is the King's Speech a movie you would recommend to people? It's I, – I always am not sure what is it, well, how to answer that question about any movie because – Unless it's a movie that I immediately can say, yes, everyone should see that. Right. Because if it's a movie that I think is good, but not necessarily, but certainly not great and not necessarily, I don't know. I feel like there's not enough to it that I would need to recommend it to somebody. Mm -hmm. I feel like there were a lot of other things I would have to ask first. Well, have you seen this or that? I'll put it a different way. Okay. If someone, whether it be a friend or a relative or whatever, someone says, hey, I was going to watch this, the King's Speech. Is that, a, is that a pretty good one? Like it's phrased. They're already going to watch it. Mm-hmm. You, what, what would you say? Mm. <laughs> I think it's still the same. I think I'd okay. be like, well, what are your other options? <laughs> like here's the thing. I wouldn't warn anybody away from it. No, I wouldn't. As opposed to, like I would say to somebody, you should see the social network. You should go out of your way to see social network. Yeah. Whereas if someone says, I'm watching the king, I'm going to watch the king's speech, I'd say, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like as opposed to, to stick with 2010, someone says, I was going to watch the kids are all right. I'd say, that's not a good movie. I'm <laughs> warning you away from it now. Yeah. You should not see it. I'm trying to think of something that I would compare on the same level with with the King's Speech. Because I feel like I have I have a, a some sort of unspoken category for movies like that in my head where I'm like, it's fine. It's not bad. Yeah. But, but I can't yeah. think of what it is off the top of my head. Yeah. So – and I guess – so you would say that like uh, – it's not necessarily a movie you would recommend, but it certainly is not one that you would tell people to avoid no. actively. No. Uh, and I would say, depending on the type of person that you are, uh, I think King's Speech is a crowd pleaser. I can't think of a lot of people that would not like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think of a lot. I don't know a lot of people that would love it. Yeah. But I think most people would like it. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean I recommend it up and down, but it's a movie that is has a lot of good things in it. And so by all means enjoy, but if you have the opportunity, watch the social network first, then maybe watch toy story three, then winter's bone, then true grit, then the fighter, then black swan, then 127 hours, then inception, then the King's speech, and then just avoid the kids are all right. (laughs) So, you know, so yeah, as far as, as far as that, as far as this slate of best picture nominees, like it's pretty low on the, on the list, but anyway, so, all right, I think we'll, uh, I think we'll leave it there. All right. Thanks everybody uh, for listening. If you have any comments about the King's speech or social network or kids are all right, I'm sure there are going to be some people <laughs> who have a comment about that. Um, feel free to go to the comment section or you can email me Tyler at more than one lesson.com or Josh, Josh at more than one lesson.com. You can uh, check us out on Twitter. I'm at More Lessons, and Josh is at the Josh Long. At the Josh Long, you can go to more, go to morethanonelesson.com and check out uh, various things you can buy. Uh, but also, you can listen to various sermons. Uh, I posted one somewhat recently, um, although by the time this goes up, it'll be several weeks old. But uh, maybe I'll post another one. Who knows? 
But, uh, but yeah, you can find various things to do on uh, more than one lesson, uh, including listening to past episodes and minisodes. Uh, and then also, uh, the best of pictures series started as a blog series that Josh was writing. And so you can go, uh, I, th- I think there are like 15, maybe 17 movies that you've written about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can go and find out, uh, every movie from now, every best picture from now back to Braveheart. If you want to find out what Josh has to say, you can go and, uh, and find out, uh, on more than one lesson.com. So anyway, uh, okay. So thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye.